0: Easy week, nothing, nothing, you know, never never a doubt, never any wavering of hope, uh, the Hurricanes uh, took care of business in very convincing fashion over the Nashville Predators in games three through six. This is the Kane's Country Podcast, my name is Brett Finger, I'm joined by Ryan Hankel and Andrew Schnicker, uh, how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm well. Doing good, especially with the Canes. Easy, non-troublesome first round.
0: It's also, it's it's almost not even worth talking about. It was so easy and convincing. How many leads did the Hurricanes have in the final four games of the series?
2: They had one in game four?
0: I feel like they never had a lead. They only led... Or no, in so they, games four, they five, won in game four. yeah, in they games won in five game and six, four, yeah, in games five and six, the games that they won, they didn't have a lead until overtime when the game ended.
2: And I don't think they have one in game three either, which they obviously didn't win. But yeah, <laughs> not how, but how many?
0: Uh, two double overtime games. Those were both. Uh, uh, devastating. I mean, they 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 were very unfortunate. How about that? Very uh, very unfortunate losses in double overtime, where really it could go either way. But really, those games feel—they
2: feel terrible.
0: Yeah, they felt terrible. You have a tied up series, and you come back to Raleigh, and that's that's really when you're like, okay. I think to some degree you can accept two double overtime losses on on the account of them being fluky. You know, when you get to double overtime, when you get to overtime in general, it could go either way. And I think you can make a case for Carolina playing well in both of those games. And you can be like, okay, whatever. And then game five happened. You know, the first two periods, you know, the Hurricanes had their moments. They were down 2-1. And then the third period, it felt, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but it looked pretty dire when they're down 2-1 and they're playing pretty lifeless hockey before Martin Natchez very well might have saved their entire season with his goal. I think that's fair to say that his wraparound goal in the third period to tie the game, absolute game changer. From there on, it was it was Carolina's game. And they won, Jordan Stahl won in overtime. And then we, we move on to game six where again I, I think nashville probably played their best game of the series for 40 minutes and then carolina played their best period of the series to push it to overtime and and then they won it fairly quickly in overtime so thoughts on the ups and the downs and and the in-betweens of games three through six
2: well, oh, I I think I you know, I said this after games three and four when they were coming home. I can't really imagine a more excruciating way for a two nothing series lead to go by the wayside. And like you said, you know, you can tolerate that a little bit because of the fluky nature, and again, you know, that you know, the old saying you're not in trouble in a playoff series until you lose at home. Um which they almost did. Like you said, Martin Natchez is a game changer and he most certainly changed that game. It, it It is pretty remarkable. Like the swing that that goal provided really going from like feeling terrible. Like if they wind it out and lose that game, it's like, Oh my God, they just played this God awful period. Lost game five at home. They're down in the series. And like Nashville probably wins it in six if they win game five. Yes. I think. Um, so yeah, and you know there there's a lot of recent history, and even going back for the Hurricanes too. You know, obviously this is a team with championship aspirations. Uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if they're gonna get there or not. Like we'll talk about later, this next series is gonna be a bear. But um, you know, the oftentimes teams that go on those deep championship runs face some adversity in the first round, and I think the Hurricanes faced. A good bit of it i think they got punched in the mouth a little bit by nashville and responded well to it
1: yeah i think the most shocking thing when i was watching it was like the canes five out of the six games nashville scored first in and like i think three of them were in the first like five minutes and it's like those it's like you're watching and you're like it's like the canes it's not like I mean, Nashville, like, playing well, playing hard, but, like, the Canes make some, like, just excruciating, brutal mental mistake. Like, springing, like, two-on-ones, turnovers, like, at the blue line. It's like the Canes keep making these these just humongous mental gaps right off the bat of the game, and then are, like, having to crawl back and just kind of power through it. And giving them... They, like... They just kept giving Nashville, like, room to kind of stay around. And that was the kind of thing that shocked me. It was, like... Like like can we please clean up like some of these some of these clears some of these you know these plays but uh for whatever reason this Kane team just doesn't quit we've seen it all season like the fact they can just turn around score two goals quick and just kind of jump back in a game like they can have two bad periods as long as they keep it close they can just have one huge period like we saw in game six and just you know take a game
2: Probably not a good idea against Tampa
0: though. No. No. <laughs> it's really like it's crazy when you think about it because like you said, Andrew, if if Martin just does not score that goal, there I don't think we're they're 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 moving on. There's just no way. I, I don't think so. With how dejected and like Totally absent they were in the third period. I mean, they were legitimately bad in the third period. It took a superstar level play from Martin Natchez to totally flip the game over. And from there, obviously, they they kind of bared down. But it took something pretty improbable for that to happen
2: total Uh, dressing down from rod brendamore shortly before that too
0: yes so there were a couple moments where in my mind i was like they 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 might be done you know there were there were a couple moments where that thought was in my mind where i was like this would be a disaster if 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 it came apart like this.
2: Oh I I texted Brian during the third period of game five. I was like, my wheels are spinning on a scorching column if yeah. this does not like if this goes the way it's looking.
0: Yeah, in a reality where Nashville wins that game, wins the series, the, the narratives around this team change so dramatically.
2: It's a horrible loss. I mean, it's, it's probably not quite on the level of 2010 Washington or 2019 Tampa Bay, but it's nah, up yeah. there. And it's maybe one that, like, for future top seeds that, like, they're saying, like, hey, you know, Carolina lost to Nashville. There's no guarantees.
0: Yeah, and... Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's like a Tampa Columbus or anything like that. But I do think it it it's pretty devastating all the same. So you know how how did it happen? How did Nashville push Carolina almost to the brink of elimination in what pretty much everyone thought would be a fairly easy go of it for carolina
2: well i think there's a couple things i think like ryan talked about um there were just too many mistakes on the canes part that let nashville hang around and in games three and four gave them an opportunity to win um i think they did a good i think nashville did a pretty good job of kind of playing that trap game, clogging up the neutral zone, frustrating Carolina a little bit, making it difficult for them to enter the zone. And then um, UC Saros obviously, uh, provided some great goaltending for a lot of this series, which, and it's not that Alex Nedeljkovic was bad. I mean, he had some great games too, but um, when you get that kind of goaltending, that can be a bit of an equalizer too, I feel
1: like. Yeah, I think Nashville was like, playing to the kind of like the strength of that too with their defensive systems. They they were really collapsing to the middle, protecting the slot. And so like Saros was facing like a bunch of shots, but Nashville was doing a really good job of containing Carolina kind of to the perimeter, trying to prevent them from getting in close. And I think it was kind of the opposite for Carolina almost. Nedeljkovic was facing a lot of like deflection shots. Nashville scored a lot of their goals in close on deflections or, you know, kind of like collection passes where, Canes just didn't make it difficult for Nashville to get to the inside of the, like,
0: even the crease. This isn't a, you know, a detriment to, or or like an insult to Nashville, but when you are the lower seed, you have to go out of your way to stop the, the number one seed in this situation from doing what they do best. I think when you're a team like Nashville and and you kind of scrap and claw your way into the playoffs and you are, look, even if Nashville had won this series, I would still say, tell you that Carolina's a better team. And I think most people, if not everyone, would tell you that Carolina is a better team than Nashville. And when, you, when you're when you like that, you when, when Nashville is an underdog you have to go out of your way and be focused on eliminating what makes Carolina so good like when when the when the canes and lightning meet in the second round i don't think tampa a team that is off coming off a cup and is very much established in how they play they're not going to be they're going to play their game yeah And they're not going to adjust what they do to what Carolina does. They're confident in their play. They're good enough to win the damn thing again just by playing their game. They did it last year. So I think that plays a role in it too. I don't know if Carolina was necessarily prepared for Nashville to attack them. And and in a lot of ways, you know, there was a very heavy focus on – Keeping the shots at the perimeter and and, and making Carolina uncomfortable. Um, I don't think that's going to be necessarily a focus from Tampa, but Tampa brings on their own very special set of concerns, and it has nothing to do with them trying to, you know, eliminate Carolina from their game. It's just them playing their game and they're fast, they're going to be dangerous. It's going to be a much more similar matchup, I think, because you know, Tampa and Carolina, we've seen in their games. Both teams went 4-3 and one. Carolina outscored them 18 to 17. Uh that this thing was so even in the regular se- season and we saw in the first round that Tampa didn't even play that well against Florida. I, I think Florida could have easily pushed the game pushed the series longer. Um and and they didn't but then they missed some pretty big opportunities, but now now we're on to on to Tampa. So expectations for round two. I mean it can't get I guess it well it can get more stressful than round one, and I'm sure it probably will. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, Tampa is a great team. Uh, I, I think, I think what you said is a great point, um, about the fact that like, I think it's going to be a matter of like neither team really trying to gear what they're doing to like stopping or frustrating the other team. It's just going to be kind of playing those games and whoever wins out. Um, I will say one thing I'm watching from round one is if there are things like what Nashville was doing, um, that you know are kind of frustrating the hurricanes and not going well for them if they can make some adjustments a little bit better because i the, the one other thing i will say about i think what let nashville kind of get back into that series and give carolina the problems it did especially in those latter four games i think rod brindamore got out coached a little bit in that series
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and that obviously against Tampa Bay, there's going to be adjustments that they're going to have to make. So that's going to be interesting to me. But no, I mean, I, I think this is going to be, I think as the regular season went along and we saw some of those great games between these two teams in the regular season, this was kind of the one, the series that everyone had circled in the central and was hoping that we would get to see in the second round.
1: You know, Speaking of great points, you know, Tampa just, That top line and that top power play unit, you know, Braden Point, Nikita Kuterov, Victor Hedman, Andre Pallott, Steven Stamkos. Like, it's like there's not a slight against Nashville. Like, you know, to be in the NHL, you have to have a lot of talent. But Tampa Bay is arguably one of the most stacked talented teams in the league. They're unmatched. I mean, Nikita Kuterov, 100 plus point Hart Trophy winner. Just a few seasons removed. Braden Point is arguably a top 10 center in the league right now. Uh, Victor Hedman, Norris winner. And then, like, if you were tired of UC Sardo stealing games for Nashville, <laughs> welcome to Andre Vasilevsky. Like, it's it it just gets harder from here for Carolina. Like, it's in every aspect, Tampa Bay is the better team than Nashville was. But it is probably Carolina is just as good of a team. You know, we've seen this even on the regular season. You know, Canes can play just as well with them. It's just it's really who who brings it more game one? I think, you know, the biggest question for me, honestly, will be officiating. I know we've made kind of bigger deals about officiating and I'm not saying like, Oh, I hope they call it even what I just, can Carolina stay out of the eye of the officials? They, they have to desperately stay out of the penalty box. Like Canes have one of the best penalty kills in the league, but that Tampa power play with, uh, Kucherov, Stamkos on either circle, point and in close, and you have Hedman on the point. It's just – it's disgustingly good. It's just so good. There's such good chemistry. They pass the puck so fast get people out of position. It's it's not something you want to mess with at all.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the um, the special teams battle is – obvious. I mean, it always does, but it's obviously going to play, I think, a huge role – in this series because I think these teams are pretty even at five on five. Um, and the other thing that's interesting to watch is the Tampa Bay. I don't think the Tampa Bay penalty kill had a very good series against Florida Carolina's power play did not have a good series against Nashville, but they did show some signs of life. They scored a power play goal in five and six. Did they score one in game four too? or no? No, they went over four in game four because they would have won if they, um, so that's, I think, another thing to watch if, you know, if the power play can keep trending in the right direction for the Canes, that's something that can make a big difference. Yeah. The one – well, I think the one other thing we do have to point out with this series is obviously um, for both teams, there's something that we didn't see in the – both teams basically have a weapon that we didn't see that's in the season series. That's true. A lot is going to be made, and I I said this on Twitter this morning, a lot is going to be made of, okay, the the Tampa Carolina regular season series was super close, and Nikita Kucherov didn't play any of those games. That's fine. That's valid. Nikita Kucherov is awesome. We saw it. He put up 11 points against Florida (laughs) in the first round after making his miraculous comeback from his season. Really
0: unbelievable. I don't know how he did it.
2: I don't know how he did it. But – Again, that's fair. He he makes a huge impact for them. But looking at the timeline of how his absences stacked up, Tavo Teravainen did not play a single game of the regular season series against the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Hurricanes. Kucherov is a better player. He may I think he makes a bigger impact. But you cannot talk about the Kucherov factor without also mentioning the Canes having Teravainen this time around because we've established so many times on this podcast and Ryan's story that he wrote, um, how good Tavo Teravine is, how much of an impact he makes, and just how much of just a better team the Hurricanes are with him in the lineup. So I, I think how those two wrinkles play out is going to be really interesting to see.
0: That's certainly a factor for both teams with guys coming back. And... I guess another thing that we, I, that we can talk about before we uh, we kind of give our I guess predictions on on the second round. I want to go back a little bit because there's a pretty massive you know little story for most of the first round, and we kind of touched on it for a second and moved on. But give me over or under reaction generally on the officiating in the first round was there an overreaction or an under or was it an appropriate reaction
1: i think i would call it an overreaction by kind of like fans and media i think in the terms of people thinking that it's swayed or biased in any regards i think officiating has just kind of been poor all year all around the league i've been watching you know other playoff games and like like games are getting out of control like injuries are happening and refs are like kind of just letting it go by the wayside and that's why these things get out of hand and players get injured it's because the officials have like no control and they don't really call it consistently throughout the game i think it's been i think it's been overreaction in terms of how much like people are making a big deal of like teams getting screwed one way or the other and like i think the refs are just inconsistent and they've just been inconsistent all year
2: yeah i I think that's a good point i think that like, I, I think it's extremely silly to be like, oh, the refs are biased against Carolina or the league and the refs want to make the lower seeded team in Nashville be able to make this closer. I I, I just think I, I'm with you, Ryan. I think they've just haven't done a very good job. And that not very good job in a couple of the games did lead to, I think, especially in game two and maybe, in you know, game three, like which is when Rod Brindamore talked about it. Um, You know, that things work. Were- probably skewed a little bit um, in Nashville's favor with the calls that were getting made. But he, I, I don't think that that's any sort of agenda against the Hurricanes. Um, Cause then the other officiating piece too, and I, I asked Rod Brindamore about this and he, he gave a really good answer. Um, was the call the disallowed goal in game five goalie yeah. interference is, I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore that that's,
0: that but was it's, ridiculous.
2: It's, it's the spirit of a of a silly rule. I mean I I understand it like basically they're saying like because Fogel was the first one to touch Soros, the goal is getting disallowed no matter what but the, it, it's so silly like so like literally one of Saros's own defenders could literally put him in a headlock and pull him down to the ice and that they're still calling that back on goalie interference on Warren Fogel.
1: Yeah, it's like there's two interpretations of the rule. It's like on the one hand, a, some sometimes the rule is like if you impair the goalie's ability to make a save, which Warren's Fogel's bump would not have affected. And the other side, I've seen, which I've seen actually twice now uh, in the playoffs, both times in Vegas Wild series, it's like if you make any sort of contact with the goaltender in the blue paint whatsoever, even if it's minor incidental, goalie initiates it, does not matter. Like that goal is disallowed. And so like I've seen both of these things and it's it's so unclear which one they're going to go with
0: and that's the thing right it's it's inconsistency i think is the biggest problem and was the reaction to the officiating overblown absolutely yes it was um i i think it was definitely overblown uh, but in 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 that the idea that they're really pushing this series towards nashville uh advertently like that they're doing it on purpose and they're they're purposely pushing this thing one way or another i don't buy that i think that's i think that's an exaggeration i think the solution is much easier i think they're just bad i think they're just not very good at their job sometimes most of the time and and that's all that is um i think we saw that throughout the series i mean how many instances were there especially early in the series when things got a little out of hand uh, a lot of cross checks pushing shoving a lot of near fights all this stuff going on and they tried to manage the hell out of these games especially in game two i mean that was just terrible what, what was going on and you know, they're making all these penalties, Carolina got like eight penalties called on them, whatever and it didn't help anything. It's like they're 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 trying so hard to manage the game, but they're totally whiffing on everything and it just doesn't do anything. So I think that was a factor a little bit too of trying to make sure things stayed in control by calling penalties. But th- in reality, those penalties did not help whatsoever.
1: I was I read a thing on the on the Athletic by Joe Smith, and uh, it was kind of talking with Kelly Frazier and some of the old refs about how, you know, the officiating had been going in the first round. A really interesting thing I was seeing was kind of like, and a thing I actually really did did take notice of with the Kane series was kind of like the difference between the younger and the older refs. Uh, game six, I felt was very fairly officiated and actually had like a really good handle on it. And it was uh, Steve Kazari and Brian Pacamara who both have like, yeah, uh, I can't remember which one has over a thousand games, but they're pretty much both have refereed a thousand games. And I felt like they had a really good control of it. There was the Shea cross check uh, at one point, and then they called Matt Benning with a cross check on the other side. And they were keeping control of these like kind of dangerous plays. And I, I felt the game did not get out of hand really at any point. I felt mm-hmm. it was fair, fairly officiated. And I was you know happy with the product. You know, Kane's got the 5 on 3 against them but like they deserved it. Like I felt the officiating by those two was fine. And I felt a lot of the younger refs kind of and it's it's kind of the thing they point out these younger refs kind of is like I don't want to say inconsistencies with it but they kind of like try to stay out of the way or something. It's like they try too hard to do one thing or the other and it's and something that's kind of very noticeable.
0: And you would think that as the playoffs go on there's fewer games, you're getting better refs. So hopefully that will also improve as as it goes along. Anyway, back to Tampa. All right, let's let's I, I, unless there's anything else to add on Kane's bolts, do we have do we have predictions for round two?
2: There's no former Kane's player on the bolts for everybody to boo, is there?
0: Nope, 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 no. Unless
2: you want to direct all your ire to Curtis McElhaney. Curtis McElhinney.
0: Be, Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just yell at yeah. him on the bench because he's not getting in the game.
0: Yeah, you can... <laughs> if, he's
1: getting, if he's getting in the game, the Hurricanes are probably going to the Final Four.
0: <laughs> yeah, if if that would be a decent sign. Um,
1: Kate fans should probably boo Tyler Johnson.
0: Just for history's sake. They should boo Nikita Kucherov um, for miraculously coming back from injury. And all of a sudden, you know,
1: single-handedly exploited the NHL's yeah. policies. It was his... he went out of his way to cheat yep.
0: the system. That's right. It, he went out Speaking of his of way. True. It was his idea that he brought to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was like, after looking at the cap and looking at the CBA, I have a crazy idea. And <laughs> and then he, they were like, "Wow, you're a genius. We're gonna do that now."
1: Uh, I'll kick us off. I think. Knowing Andre Vasilevsky, how good he is, even though you have dinner with how, each other how, twice a week. Yeah, you know, go way back.
0: Yeah, long time friends.
1: Um, but no, I think he's going to be up to form. I kn- Florida for whatever reason gives Vasilevsky a lot of trouble. they I think there was like I think it's all stat, like six plus times they'd scored four more goals on Vasilevsky. And, like, only the other 10 team like, 10 games had that happened. And, like, six of them were Florida. So, for whatever reason, the Florida Panthers can score really well against Vasilevsky. But I will not, like, slight that against him. I think he's going to play very well. And also the fact that Tampa Bay, like this, again, not a slight at them. They are $10 million over the cap. They should not <laughs> lose. They are $10 million over the cap with their full complement roster. They really should not lose with that. that is
0: they should not. That is the no. largest
1: advantage of any team, so I think in that regard, I'm thinking honestly like Tampa seven. Like I love the Canes. I think I, this team is really good, but like Tampa has done it before. You know they have one of the world's best goaltenders. They're ten million dollars over the cap.
0: <laughs> I think
1: I think they're gonna take it in seven.
2: I'm gonna go Canes in seven. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really close series. It's going to come down to the performance of the big stars. Um, you know, who gets the big plays, the special teams battle. I do. Th- I think the Hurricanes need more from two players in particular, and that's Dougie Hamilton and Andrei Svechnikov. Yes. I think they get it. I think this team is hungry. I think that they're going to be awoken a little bit by the adversity that they faced against Nashville in the first round. And I think we've seen that happen for teams before. Um, I, I think the Canes are going to win a really good hard fought close series again. I, either way, it wouldn't surprise me. And I will completely admit that part of this pick is that I really, really, really do not want to watch another team that I follow this year be knocked out by a Tampa Bay team.
0: Uh, Tampa
1: Bay. Stop.
0: <laughs> Title town. Tampa Bay. Remember when I said Carolina in four, and then I was obnoxious about it after they won two games? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, That's all right, Brett. I also wrote an article about how Nashville can't do anything.
0: Yeah, uh. we also, pretty much done. We also <laughs> we also said a
2: lot of things on the podcast after game two along the lines of like, how can Nashville possibly do anything?
0: Yeah, after this. Yeah, I remember Ryan and I going back and forth for like, like just agreeing with each other. We were like. I mean, they just don't have it. They, they I mean, Maybe they get a game. I mean, well, I don't know. So you maybe one. I remember Ryan and I were having a jovial conversation about how Nashville can't do anything. Maybe they'll get a charity game in there in Nashville. Make your little let them have one. <laughs> um, Tampa Bay in six. I... I, I I think Carolina is is good enough to win the series. In my mind, though, there are too many question marks after watching the final four games of that series. Um, there were moments where I again I I said this earlier. I thought it was done. I thought they were cooked. And that was a team that is just not as good as them in any way. i I fear when when Carolina gets if Carolina gets into those moments against Tampa Bay, I believe that Tampa Bay will finish them off because that's what Nashville did not do. When they had the chance to deliver, I understand like the double overtime losses. Those are more like those could go either way. I think Martin Nook said about 400 times after the second one. He was just clearly frustrated with losing back to back double overtime games. I don't blame him, but he was like, those can go either way. So I don't really mean those, but I mean like in games five and six, when Nashville had a chance to either put them away or in game six force it to a game seven they had the chances carolina was vulnerable in multiple spots in those times in those series in, in that series i believe that tampa if those things were to happen again against tampa the lightning will end the hurricanes in those situations i think that they're experienced they're supremely talented um, they're dangerous. Vasilevsky will make their lives a living hell. Uh, there will be games in the series where they'll have forty shots on goal and they'll have two goals. You know, it's it, that's that'll happen. You know, that's just how it's going to go. But I will say, if if Carolina does make it out of this series, I think they're. You know, if they if they take care of Tampa, there isn't a team that they cannot beat. So I will say that if they do manage to find a way out and take them out, I think they have as good a shot as anyone in the Final Four. I don't care who it is. Um, the biggest, you know, challenge would be Colorado. You would imagine. Um, who knows who the hell is going to make it out of the North? Um so yeah. Uh, so yeah, I am I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take Tampa in 6. Uh they scare me. Uh especially after how this first round series went. And maybe the adversity makes them stronger. Like Andrew you suggested earlier. Um but yeah, I think Tampa is a Tampa's a menace and and they should win. They are, they are they are 10 million dollars over the cap for Christ's sake. Uh, they should win. All right.
1: Just loading up all our deflection ammo. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't get mad at me. Get mad at Tampa. Use that energy. Go to PNC Arena where there's going to be 1600, 300, sixteen hundred three sixteen thousand three hundred people. Excuse me, excuse two.
2: me, excuse me. That is one person over the limit. Oh, last. I'm
0: sorry. No, don't go. Please, no. No, don't go. It's only 16,299. It is not 16,300.
2: Um, if you were the 16,300th person, you absolutely may not enter that building because may... there was absolutely <laughs> only 12,000 people at every home game in the first round.
0: Yeah, I think that's a discussion to be had.
2: Uh... <laughs> I was... I'm telling, yeah, like I said, I I was in the stands um for game two, so I could see everything. I don't know about that
1: one. I don't know about that one either. <clears throat> maybe if you're the sixteen thousand three hundredth fan, maybe you can try to catch a game at Emily Arena. Just you can't wear your Canes gear there, but you know, just uh. No, you can now. It's open spirit. Oh,
2: they did actually. Like they they changed the rule. Wow. Cyberbullying works, kids.
0: <laughs> let's look at the other series. Um, <laughs> who? So the Islanders beat the Penguins in six. Did we all take Pittsburgh? Well, let's just start there.
2: Yeah, I didn't think yeah, Tristan took... Jari was going to turn into Scott Darling, though. I, I thought that was possible,
0: it. but I still thought Pittsburgh was too too much better than New York.
1: They were. It's just. It was literally Jesus just God. the goaltending. So terrible!
0: Uh, Bruins over Washington.
1: That, that was. Wasn't a, expected. That yeah. That was that was easy. For yeah,
0: me. I think we all took the three seed over the two seed in that, right?
1: Big upset. Yeah. I think I had Bruins in like more games, but like I, in my heart, I was like, Washington just does not have it.
0: Yeah, Washington. Washington
1: was, kind of just won
2: their cup and they're they're good now yeah
0: they're back to doing what they've done (laughs) since the beginning of time and that is not performing the playoffs
1: make tom wilson memes
0: uh yeah florida tampa we all took florida we were
1: all just we were all just on that high that newcomer high we had it all figured out i think
2: that was kind of a heart pick on all of our part it was it's, it's okay.
0: It definitely was. Colorado St. Louis. This is the only series I got correct in, in an exact number of games. Colorado sweep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Colorado is yeah, a wagon. Colorado is just so good. Imagine losing like your your two C, and like still just smashing the hell out of your apartment. yeah. Well,
2: it's it's still. I mean, they're they're at studying. Do you guys remember like what maybe like five six years ago now? Colorado finishing with like less than fifty points. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. It's been quite the turnaround. They were a laughing stock not very long ago. Vegas, Minnesota. Uh, I think I took Vegas in six. I
1: had wild in seven. They got so I, close.
2: I took Vegas in seven. I got this one.
0: Nice, nice.
2: I would have liked to see Minnesota do it though.
0: Yeah, it would have been cool. Minnesota made life very difficult for Vegas. But, you know, Matias Yanmark was too much for him. Edmonton, Winnipeg. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's talk about this for a second.
1: Stephen A. Smith. I was a Stephen A. Smith. He said all there is to be said about this.
0: I took Winnipeg on this podcast. Uh,. I believe I took him in five. You were close. That was a joke. (laughs) Um, But now we're learning valuable lessons. uh, Mainly. Never go
2: against Paul Maurice in the playoffs. Never go against Paul
0: Maurice. And I'm going to. And there go the Oilers. Yeah, there go the Oilers. And I'm going to take. Every time I make a pick on this podcast, I'm sticking to it everywhere else. I don't. This is no longer a joke pick, whatever r- irrational feeling I'm feeling on this podcast, I'm gonna write it, you know, and I think that was a lesson. And if Toronto blows this, all right
1: oh my God oh my That God. would be so funny. I think i I think I remember saying on the, I think I remember saying on the podcast that there was a I felt there was a better chance. For a Canadian team to make the Stanley Cup final. Than there was for Montreal to win one game. And here they are with two.
2: (laughs) Never go against Eric Stahl in the playoffs.
0: That is right. I'm still taking Montreal to win this thing. Uh, And we're going to get Montreal-Winnipeg second round. We're going to get Vegas-Colorado second round. Pittsburgh-Boston. I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh at all. New York-Boston carolina tampa that's that's what the second round is going to look like um what was the best series uh quickly before we uh wrap this up
1: i'd go with like the one that went the distance i like like vegas and like minnesota were like most of the games were just so close it was really intense Uh, but then i'd also like i'd say like from an outside perspective i think carolina nashville probably was like one of the most fun engagement for like for outside fans you know like carolina and national fans all having like panic attacks from the word overtime but i think like for outside Four fans, straight like, overtime the, like, games. really close intense games are like the most fun to watch so i think i would say carolina nashville is actually objectively one of the most exciting ones
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: i think if you're have no ties to either team getting to see four straight overtimes is games is great
1: what wasn't great was being up till one in the morning watching the yeah, appreciate,
2: <laughs> appreciate you guys brett and ryan held things down for that when i was at the acc baseball tournament also up very late as the uh acc baseball tournament tends to do to you but
1: i'm just so grateful that it ended early like because that could have that could have devolved well
2: it's fun it was, we 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 both kind of got lucky on that like you got the early overtime goal and after NC state's game got delayed two hours I got a pitcher's duel to actually keep it like reasonable
0: <laughs> a very eventful uh weekend across this great state uh and into Tennessee as well
1: <laughs> you mean you mean West North Carolina
0: yeah, I mean, after after this first round series, there is no more debate anymore as to superiority. I think that debate long ended, but uh, now it's official. So there's no coming back from that one, Nashville. And did they? Can we talk about whether we think uh, the, the the blocking on Twitter of the Predators or the Hurricanes is a publicity stunt or uh It was
2: staged. I will I will put. I, I, don't, I don't care how much money that that was staged that the Canes asked Nashville to block them for a second so that they could do that.
1: I don't know, man. After after the way Washington handled themselves in, in 2019, I wouldn't put anything past uh, sports social teams.
2: Well, Nashville's social team did make a couple um... – I'll call them questionable invitations for Game Six. So um,
0: yeah, I I think the Hurricanes certainly, if they weren't already, uh, they became the people's champion uh, for a lot of people after that. Uh, invitation. Don't please don't say his. Please don't say that. No, person. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not even saying the person. I'm just saying that <laughs> after that was done, uh, rightfully so, Carolina gained many fans for game six yes and yeah. even before that i mean nashville is not an organization with a great reputation i'll just say that for, for a number of different things
2: yep you are extremely correct on that point
0: No, i think that's it i think we're good this has been the king's country podcast thank you for listening uh, my name is finger of course andrew schnicker and ryan hank are here like every other week Uh, Guys, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter, Andrew? At
2: A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3.
0: And Ryan.
1: At R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore.
0: You can follow me at Brett Finger on Twitter. You can follow Canes Country at Canes Country. Instagram, Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. Go read the site. We have previews coming up for the Tampa Bay series. Uh, Many of them are already up. Uh, that series starts tomorrow, Sunday. Um, we have a Sunday late afternoon start to uh, to this second round series, and I'm sure it'll just be an absolute doozy. I'm sure there won't be any drama at all. Um, but if there is, you'll be able to hear tons of conversation about it here on the canes Country Podcast. You can follow slash subscribe to the canes Country Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to the Canes Country Podcast. Please leave a rating or review. Those things help us out very, very much. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye.